Hello, and welcome to the LYF podcast. This podcast is provided to you by the Love Yourself Foundation, which is an organization here spreading the message of love and more specifically self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has not only in building a better relationship with yourself, but also with your community and with our beautiful planet. We're here to tell you that we're all one. All living beings are connected to each other, to the universe. So we're going to be talking about important topics like mental health, environmental issues, and tying it all back into the self and ways that you can not only empower your relationship with yourself, but also empower your relationship with your community and with our beautiful planet. So if you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the LY Foundation. You can also check out our website at the lyfoundation.org. And we have a very special new addition to what we're doing. We now have a membership program called the Lifeline Membership Program, which offers support calls, group support calls, free admission to our events, workshops, specialized merch. So we also have special discounts going for students, teachers, frontline workers. So if you want to hear more about this, please go to our website at the LY Foundation slash membership for more info. Thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome to The Conversation, an LYF podcast series where we provide our insights, thoughts, and experiences on self-love exploration. My name is Ayla, Growth and Development Coordinator for the Love Yourself Foundation. And my name is JR, Technology Coordinator and Board Member for the Love Yourself Foundation. Ayla, what's up? What is up? (laughs) Why did we both boost the energy? (laughs) That was high energy for this episode. And I'm excited for it. I feel like it's been a few weeks since we recorded, but really it was last week. So. I know. Yeah. And we had our, our, a very special guest, Rachel. Thank you again, Rachel, for being on the show, on the episode. I hope everybody enjoys that podcast. It was so much fun to have somebody in person. Yeah, it's really different too. We've never really worked with a guest on the show before. And there's actually one more coming this season, which I'm excited about. So let us know how you felt about that. Absolutely. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about getting out of your own way, something that I know too much about. Something that I need. (laughs) So this episode is definitely going to help me for sure and help you as well. But I'm excited to get into this conversation. I think this is something that a lot of people can relate to and is something that is part of that self-love journey that when you understand how to get out of being stuck, whether it's at your job, relationship, a passion that you have that hasn't come off the ground, those kind of things, I think it's important to understand how to get past those feelings and get you to a better place. Yeah, I think that it's a big step of the self-discovery, self-love journey, just because I feel like at least for me, sometimes when I'm focused on growth, I get tunnel vision. And I'm like so focused on getting there that I'm actually blocking myself from being as happy as I could be. Or I end up just getting stuck and not knowing what's wrong because I'm like, I want that. Why is it not happening? Yeah, exactly. Um, So it'll be fun to talk about this episode and see how to uncover those truths. Yeah. And just thinking about this episode, I knew it was coming down the pipe and just seeing where I had been in the past and the multiple times that I've been stuck in multiple different situations to be able to kind of understand that thought process of being able to get out of it and turning it into a positive has really been beneficial for me in my life. I'm really interested to get into that discussion to see where you're at and the things that we're still dealing with even to today. Yeah. To get started for the episode, I wanted to check in our 12 week year check-in 
and JR struggling. Come on, girl. What's going on? Talk to me. I definitely fell off. I think that I've been really anxious these past few weeks, and I know exactly why. I was having a lot of anxiety in my relationship, and it really blocked me from being able to focus on anything else. And I think that just in looking at the end of the month, I think it's a a good way to look at, you know, a third of the way done, fourth of the way done, even while wow. crazy. Didn't even think. <laughs> Don't even want to think about that. Yeah. But as the month is ending and we're entering into November now, I was just thinking about looking at my budget and kind of reevaluating where I am, how I can be happier, what I need to let go. And I'm hopeful it's a new month. A new yeah. way to start things. And also I'm excited for today's episode because a lot of ways to get unstuck when you're in those positions. Because I don't want to act as we do the 12 week year now and after that, like those 12 weeks will be very smooth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Running any company, as we talked about with the analogy, is never a smooth process. There's ups and downs. Yeah, it all takes time. Obstacles that come in that you aren't planning for. Um, so that's where I'm at. I appreciate you being honest about that. And I'm pretty sure a lot of other people feel the same way too. Anxious is not something that I would peg you for though. Really? To be honest. Yeah. I don't see you as a very anxious person. So try to hold it together. So to see you and to hear that come out of you, I'm like, oh, this is something different. But it's interesting though, because you are able to be aware of that within yourself and you're being honest about that as well, which is some things that I'll get into later on in, in the episode. But those are really big things for you to notice about yourself and that kind of starts the process for you to get out of that stuck mentality. Oh, so sure. yeah, you're, you're on the right track. Definitely. I'm on the right track. And I've taken some time the past few days to think about what I could be doing differently. And you would be proud of me. I started decluttering. I started oh. getting rid of stuff, throwing stuff away. I was like, we're changing it up. We're, we're doing it all different. My love language. You're <laughs> speaking it right now. I'm like, get rid of it all. But it's actually, which I'll talk about later. Um, cleaning is something that doesn't happen often for me. I don't give it the time it needs for sure. But when I feel a little bit too much chaos in my life, I definitely take the time to prioritize like re-cleaning my immediate space. And we have talked about it in past episodes where your environment is really important and a reflection of your mental state Mm -hmm. and your ability to get things done. And so when I notice that like I'm no longer able to work at my like maximum ability, that I should probably clean up a little bit. (laughs) So in that respect, that was one of my three goals for the 12-week year. I am making progress on it, which is really nice. Good. I mean, also being able to clean your space and give yourself time to do that gives you somewhat of control in your day, in your life that sometimes feels like things are out of control. So Mm -hmm. that could be also a positive for that as well. Yeah, definitely. Where are you at in your journey? Oh, dude, I'm crushing it right now. Oh my God. Come on. You're like, I can't relate because actually I'm doing phenomenal. (laughs) Okay. So maybe I should take that back. Maybe I'm not crushing it. That might be a little bit much, but I've already listed something on my offer up because that was one of the things that started to reselling stuff. And within the first day or two, I got a response back from somebody. haven't sold anything yet, but it's a progress. It's a response. We're starting the conversation. I'm getting into that, but also uh, I was very fortunate enough to get a raise at my job recently. So that also contributes to getting control of my finances as one of my goals. So that definitely helped out. I do need to go back to my budget. I need to look at that Google sheet that I put in together for myself and actually start putting in my expenses again and, and get 
you know, through that, which actually brought up the, the whole being stuck mentality a long time ago, really stuck on my finances and the things that I needed to do to get myself out of there, kind of revisiting that again. So definitely yeah. need to take a look at that. Also on that front, everything's cool. Everything's good. RGC, I, I mentioned that I wanted to do a new event. Actually, we have a, a new event. That's going to be happening this Friday, which I'm really wow. excited about. Also very nervous and anxious. That's just my normal mode. So yeah, it's fine. Everything should be fine. Everything should be good, but it's brand new. We're going to be so uh, playing golf at Ferguson's, which you never thought somebody would say that. So I don't know how that'll work, but I'm really intrigued. Hey, well, we didn't know how it would work in the beginning too, but somehow, some way we figured out how we're going to do it, which is going to be super fun. We're coining it as a chip and sip. Or we're oh, going to be chipping some balls. I say balls, wiffle balls into nets. We'll have four holes throughout the entire courtyard. And then we'll have kind of a little meetup in the uh, F the bar to meet new people and give it a lowdown of what the night's going to be like. So I'm excited Sounds about like that. Sounds like a good event. Yeah. It, it gets me out of my comfort zone too, of doing something brand new in a brand new place that you would never think you could play golf at. So we'll see what happens. If anything, Hey, we gave it a shot. And that was the goal, there, you know, right. That was the goal to do something new. And Hey, if it's a success, then we'll be back and to do it again. So I'm excited about that. Sounds, it does sound good on all fronts though. I can't complain. I can't complain that I stumbled out the gates. I will say that it took me a while to get there, <laughs> but Hey, we're getting there. Then that's what's important. Well, I think that's a good segue into today's episode. And you can maybe teach me a few things about getting roll, out of your own way. Roll reverse. <laughs> yes. I'm excited for it. Is there a specific section that you want to talk about first? When I was doing research for this episode, there's actually a couple of things that I have written down for ways to get mentally and emotionally unstuck that could help a lot of people. And I, we've already touched on a little bit of it, but kind of want to get into a couple of these. First one is to become aware of what's going on in your life. I think what happens is, is that we try to downplay certain things or not want to bring Ooh, things up. Call right? me out there. Come call me out. Now. I can hear the snaps already. Yeah, you feel that. <laughs> How your unconscious may be contributing to you feeling unstuck. So maybe you got to talk to yourself a little bit and see where can you you know, correct some things in order to get unstuck. So how do you feel you about know, that? The episode two weeks ago when we had all of the questions and working at what to ask yourself, I think that pairs really well with getting unstuck and finding out more about where you are. I think for me, a lot of times my problem is downplaying. And I'll be giving too much and I'll be like, you're already at a hundred percent. Like just give it all, give more. And so <laughs> that's my problem more so than anything is that I try not to make things a big deal. I want everything to go smoothly. I want people to be happy. And I think that a lot of times that comes at the sacrifice of my own exhaustion. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. Energy. So that's something that I've learned to look out for. And I think that in learning how to get unstuck, not only presently, but in the future, it's about identifying those things that become patterns. And for me, that's one of them. Yeah. And along those lines, the next one is take responsibility. Mm -hmm. I think we can get a little too comfortable with blaming other things, other people, things that you feel are contributing to the reason why you're being unstuck. But truly what you need to do is probably take an inventory of yourself and be honest with yourself to really get down to the root of the cause of what's going on. And I know that for me, personal experience, that has been a key factor for me is to actually look within yourself and be like, Hey man, you're procrastinating on this project. That's why it's feels like there's so much on your shoulders right now. It's because you're waiting until the very last minute. It's nobody else's fault, but yours. And it's not about being hard on yourself. I think it's just more so being again, honest with honest. yourself. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think my problem is maybe the opposite in the same vein though. I tend to not blame the situation. I blame myself too much. So Mm. I don't take into account how other things affect me. I'll just be like, for example, giving too much. I'll be putting in too much to work and working every single day and into friendships, relationships, all the things I'm signing up for. And I'll take when I'm stressed and tired or not happy and I'll be like, okay, that's my fault. And not Uh, like, what can I do to lessen that load on me? Of course, I'm still in control. And like my realization comes from you're a human being. (laughs) And what can you do to lessen that load? Because it's always a choice on your end. And so for me, it's okay, do I have to work less? Do I have to let this go? Do I have to let this person go? And it's not easy, no, obviously, but that's where I think the flip side comes in of taking too much accountability that you aren't changing what's around you. Yeah. I'm happy that you brought that up too, because it is important to to understand that side of things as well. Definitely a lot of people can relate to either side when it comes to that. The next one is cultivate presence. Go into autopilot a little bit. Maybe not think so much about what happened in the past and Mm -hmm. what is going to or may not happen in the future and really just stay in the present moment in order to enjoy that time. Because sometimes what happened in the past or what's going to happen in the future is now out of your control. That being able to spend time in the present and see what's good about the present, what's happening in the present that is controllable, something that you can do right now could actually help a little bit to get you out of that. I think that's really important. And again, on the flip side, yes, <laughs> I think that for me, I'm sometimes too present, especially when I'm anxious, I get really present and I'm like, I'm not thinking about the long-term effects of like my short-term like satisfaction from yeah. From not doing it. I'll be like, who cares about what I do today? Scratch today. I'm tired. I just want to do, I'm going to live in the moment. I'm going to self-care, lay in bed, watch Netflix. There we go. So what I'm realizing here is that there's a duality to all things. It's really about finding the balance. And I think that, you know, about getting unstuck is listening to yourself. There isn't one thing that's really going to point to the answers, but it's about listening to what's right for you. Because obviously you can see how both of us are on the ends of a spectrum, but like too much of anything is not a good thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so a balance of looking at how can I be more mindful of how I'm feeling or what is possible in the present moment, while also knowing what my goals and dreams are for the future or what has caused me problems and obstacles in the present because of the past. Not easy, obviously, to do all of that at once. None of this, yeah. Especially under duress. (laughs) Right, yeah, that too. But I still think it's really important. And it's where it all comes back to having that compassion for yourself and allowing yourself to have those thoughts in the moment. Something I wrote here is exercising patience with yourself. And yeah, we've talked about compassion more so than anything else, I feel. And having patience is realizing that you're not going to have that change or be perfect ever, actually. And that sucks, actually. (laughs) Like, it sucks that change isn't like a permanent thing. But there are going to be days or even weeks where you're just in a rough spot, you're in a rut. And it's taking that time to care for yourself so you can get better in the future, so that you can get out of that. My problem always seems to fall in being a little hard on myself of like, you can get through it, just keep pushing through and not really giving myself the care that I need to, I guess, re-energize is the way to look at it. Because obviously, if you're stuck, you know, there's a lack of energy there. And that's going to be hard to push through and 
not only push through, but grow when yeah. you're not even at the capacity to do what you've always done. So it's how can you get out of a comfort zone when you barely are doing the comfort zone tasks? Yeah. It's cool to see that perspective because initially you wouldn't try to dive into that realm at all. You would just see it for face value and just say, I, I totally understand. But there's that other side of it too, that can warrant a different type of outlook on what it is that you're dealing with that you need to see that within yourself. And I, and I totally relate when it comes to being hard on yourself. It seems to be a mode of mind that is pretty consistent of not giving myself that credit, not giving myself that care or that compassion, like you said, uh, of realizing that even when things are going bad or things are tough, that there have been moments in your life where you've gone through that and how strong you are of a person that, to have overcome that stuff that you oh, need to be sure. reminded. Yeah, no, I'm happy you pointed that out because if you look at the journey as like a whole and not just what's going on this week, that's part of the process. It's getting in those ruts and then getting out of it. And what a beautiful thing to be able to say that you can be the hands that you need to pull yourself out of the mud, know what you need exactly to get out of that. Does it take time? Yeah, but it's part of the hero's journey, if you will, to get that. through those trials and tribulations. And I'm glad that you pointed that out. Yeah. And along those lines, the next tip is to detach from unrealistic expectations. And like you had mentioned before, life is not perfect. Ooh. You need to work through the perfectionism, the imposter syndrome, or the fear of failure to get you out of being stuck. And I love that because imposter syndrome and the fear of failure has definitely been something that I struggle with a lot, even to this day, that if I really just sit myself down and realize that the things I'm involved in, the things that I'm doing, yeah, some of it might be new, but it's not that I haven't been here before. It just looks different. That instead of me feeling like I can't do this or I'm never going to be able to get to this certain level or whatever it may be, realizing that, no, I've done stuff like this before. This is not new. It just, it feels different. It's in a different environment, different mm -hmm. venue, but you know how this works. You got this, you can do it. So yeah, especially that line of life is not perfect. It's so true. And I think that it's always talked about in every circle at some point, how imposter syndrome affects people, how fear of failure affects people. And I think that we all know that everyone goes through it, but for some reason, when you're going through it, you don't feel like everyone does. <laughs> wow. I'm the it's, only one that feels yep. this way. No mm -hmm. one has ever gone through this ever in Nobody their entire ever. life. Yeah. And it's something that's ongoing for me. Definitely. I don't struggle as much with it as I did when I was younger, but I think that just comes from a understanding within yourself that you can only do as well as you know how to in the moment. And you always have the opportunity to change, to be better and to push yourself. That being said, failure still is not fun no. and it's scary and nobody wants to go through that. You don't sit there being like, I'm so excited to fail. Like <laughs> <laughs> Some um, people on social media on Instagram and all that will tell you that, th that they do, but there's still that feeling. Well, I think failure means you're trying and that's a beautiful thing because you can recognize that you did put yourself out there. You did try and you are continuing to try. Yes. It does make you one step closer, of course, but it doesn't make the experience any more like satisfying in my opinion. But I think those are good things to think about when you do experience failure, that it's not a reflection of your character and it's not the end of the world. But like I said, it just allows you to understand that you did try and that's all we really ask for in like your journey of self-discovery is that you're trying and pushing yourself to do more. Yeah, and that promotes inner strength mm -hmm. to go through those moments of failure and to be able to learn from those moments 
I think it's, is really key because if you don't learn from those failures or quote unquote mistakes, and you keep doing the same thing over and over again, then of course you're going to feel stuck. Of course you're going to feel the same way you always feel like because you haven't done anything to, to change that. But when you do learn from those moments and can overcome those moments, you turn those setbacks into opportunities. And I think that is really important when you are on that journey. Definitely. I have a couple more things here written down. I know you have a few more as well yeah. about how to get unstuck. And these are just things that I was thinking about what happens in my own life and how to reset that standard with yourself. And I mentioned it at the beginning of the episode. It's one, making sure you only have things around you that spark joy. Love that. There's a reason why Marie Kondo became so popular for it and why science backs it. It's really important to declutter, to throw stuff away, to make sure that what's in your life supports you. And most importantly, to recognize the things that are actually hindering you. For me, it's noticing like, what makes my life harder because I have it around and making sure those things aren't there to cause me to have those obstacles in my path. And that's why when I notice that I am not necessarily on the track that I want to be, that I'm like, okay, what is hindering me and how do I remove those things? This also brings up something that I wanted to talk about a little bit is this idea of maximalism. You ever heard about this? Yeah, I think we've talked about it a little bit before and it stresses me out. As we're talking about duality and having too little or too much of something is not can be not good sometimes. But the idea of maximalism, of having a lot of the things that you care about that spark joy for you, do you believe that that could actually be a good thing? I want to say short term, yeah. I would have to look into the research and maybe that's something to bring up next episode because there's lots of research on minimalism and decluttering. I've never looked into the reverse just because the anxiety in me would hate to have things everywhere. And I would just feel like claustrophobic almost in my own space. But I have seen so many videos of people that are like, no, don't listen to minimalists. Get all the stuff you want and put it everywhere. And trust me, I'm no stranger to buying what I want. (laughs) Quite frankly, like that's a problem for me. You work Um, seven days a week. You got to treat yourself, girl. Yeah, I'm treating myself a little too much. Oh, okay. Got it. Yep. But it's also like taking the time to realize what am I losing in that process? And also how can I get rid of stuff while getting new things? I don't think minimalism is about not buying yourself stuff. It's just about having only the things that you need. And in that vein, the things that you need are things that like bring you joy in that realm as well. Having, obviously you need furniture, like having furniture, that brings you joy, that is your aesthetic, that is, you know, creating a space that you desire, but not putting the space with a million vases and paintings and all the things. It's a good question. I don't know inherently that I've ever learned about it, but I'll definitely put it down for next episode. Yeah. I just thought I'd bring it up because my minimalist lifestyle or my minimalist brain couldn't comprehend what a maximalist really looked like until I watched the video that was specific about technology and how we've acquired so many different pieces of technology over time, especially if you're kind of in that realm of photography, videography, that kind of thing. Cameras, camera batteries, cords, all kinds of things. Like it can get crazy over time. But the idea of maximalism as being having all the things that you need and that spark joy at the same time, but not necessarily getting rid of everything because the opposite is also not so good where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to sell all my camera gear. I'm only going to have one camera and one lens. That's all I'm going to do. 
And then six months down the road, you're like, oh, I needed that lens that I sold. I got to go buy that thing again. So it's just an interesting premise of trying to find, I think is what it really comes down to is what that happy medium is for you as an individual. For sure. A healthy kind of balance between having what you would like, but also not overcrowding your space. Because I think that what maximalism doesn't allow, it's you to have that space for growth. You have to have some sort of gap outside of your comfort to grow into, almost like a plant getting put into a bigger pot to grow into. Kind of the same thing is how I envision it. Yeah, totally makes sense. I should have just listened to you first. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, oh, it took me a while to get there, but that's where I arrived. (laughs) Yeah. All right. What else you got? The other thing I wanted to talk about is something that I have used since the dawn of time. And it's what I call the happiness slash comfort orientation coined by me. Utilize it. Authored. (laughs) Copyright. Um, But it's making sure that what fills your day, if you will, is in those two categories and in those two categories only. So for me, when I'm sad, anxious, when I'm not doing well, a lot of times for people, there's a few things that happen. One, they want to, the term misery loves company. They want to talk to others about it, which you should be talking to others about your problems, of course. But it's actually been shown that if two people are being sad together, like both of them are venting and encouraging each other's sadness, it actually depletes mental health. It doesn't make you feel better about your problem. It makes you feel like your problem is more valid, which of course it's valid, but it makes you almost sadder about it. Oh, man. <laughs> is, when I learned that, I was like, oh, you would think the contrary, but it makes sense in that vein. Right. Yeah. Or they'll surround themselves with sadness. So they'll listen to sad music, watch sad movies, just sleep all day, not take care of themselves. And when you look at trying to get out of sadness, what's happening there that's helping you? You're just diving more into it. And of course, there's a time and place for letting yourself be sad. I think that it's always important to listen to the emotion, but getting better isn't about reveling in that for weeks. And I've had times where I did that because it's comfortable. But I think that the flip side with the orientation of happiness and comfort is finding things that only do those. So when I'm sad, I'll find music that will do anything but make me sad. So a lot of times I'll channel that emotion into another place, like an uplift of energy, like dance music, or even like rock music, because it's more like angry. Right. And so it changes the emotion to get out of that self-pity and more like strength, if you will. At least in my head, that's right. Yeah. Also watching shows that provide me comfort. Mine is Vampire Diary. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That was not on my list, but okay. Yeah, I got it. Uh, Yeah. And then also just doing things that make me happy, like making sure I have a breakfast that I have all the time where I make my own acai bowl and I can't be sad when I'm eating it. Huh? What you put in that thing? You want the recipe? If you want to give it to everybody who's listening, <laughs> or you want it, is it a secret recipe? Um, or is it no, a recipe? it's no, it's not a family recipe. I actually got it from a blogger that I follow, and she's a fitness blogger, and she posted this recipe. I love fruit, and so I was like, I'll try it. And it's I've probably had it like fifty times at this point. I'm obsessed oh, with it. I can tag it in the description for you guys. Oh, um, I love it. Yeah, everyone can get a taste, but that's something that really makes me happy. And so putting those pieces together and just sprinkling them out throughout your day helps you remind yourself of the good things. And I think that's really the key to it of having care for yourself in a healthy way. Of course, still being able to lay in bed, especially if, now that it's getting cold. Oh, uh, have the window open, cozy under the blankets. Don't even remind me. 
so excited, except for when I wake up in the morning. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> not excited, but I think that that's that's something that's worked really well for me in changing how I get out of things. And it depends on what you know is causing the issue in your life of how fast you can get out of it. But giving yourself the time to feel sad, but also thinking about how whatever you're sad about, what that means for your future and how you can grow from it is how I try to channel it into a good thing. I like that a lot. And it's cool to see how you kind of transition from that feeling of being sad to being happy and what it takes to get to that part of your life, right? Or that emotion that you want to try to feel again. Just even talking about the acai bowl and Mm -hmm. me mentioning what's in that and how your face just lit up and how excited like you could no i'm telling you when you try it like you'll understand (laughs) it's so good (laughs) you will also have a smile on your face too trust Mm -hmm. me Uh, it's just it's cool to to see that because it's important it's important to you yes to have those things in your life in order to get you out of that mode and i I share the similar maybe not i say evil i would say because i don't know how to make one but i will yeah thank you comedy has always been something that has gotten me out of a rut all the time, whether it's a movie, stand-up comedy, Mm. anything like that. Fun fact, I thought that I wanted to become a stand-up comedian when I was younger. Ah, yes. I forgot about that. Try to Humor in the top five strings. Trying to hone my craft. So yeah, watching stuff like that really kind of gets me out of that. I do understand that it's a fine line between being sad and depressed. And I think that for me, at least in my mind, I think I've had experienced depression in the past maybe three months three, four months, something like that. But I do have that feeling of just staying in bed and not wanting to do anything. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard to get you out of that mode. But if you find those things, like you said, to aid you through that feeling that you know it's possible to get to the other side, which is a lot better than what you're dealing with right now. What else do you have for us? A big one that I found was request support to get you out. What an easy one, but what a hard one. I know, that's what (laughs) I'm saying. Ask for help from those who are close to you. And the one line that really stood out was, the support you need and deserve. That really resonated with me because I have such a hard time asking for help from other people. Even though I've gone to therapy, even though I'm, it's easy for me to talk about the things that, that are going on in my life, it's still really hard to ask for help. When yeah, it, it feels comes like to that. a you problem. Exactly. And not realizing that I deserve that support yeah. is really huge. And we've talked about it all the time about changing the way that you say things and putting into that perspective made me realize, yeah, I think it's okay to ask those who are close to you or ask professionals for advice or for that help that you need, because that's what's going to guide you in the right direction. Because when you're stuck, you have that mentality that you don't know the answers. You don't know how to get out of it, that you just stay in that state of mind for a very long time. But when you reach your hand out and ask for that help, you can get some kind of direction that you want to go to. I think that also, if you think about how much lack of energy you have in that state, how helpful it is to have someone who isn't feeling that way to be able to be that extra support for you to give you the strength that you need. And it took me many years to realize that because I was the same. I felt like I needed to seem strong. And obviously that's still something because you can't even identify that I have anxiety. (laughs) So obviously I still have that kind of mentality of being independent, but I've even reached out to you when it's gotten bad and been like, I need help. It's something that takes time. But when you tell yourself that not everyone's feeling this way, 
And while that can feel lonely, it also can feel helpful in the vein that they can help you get out of it because mm-hmm. they're from almost like if you're in a hole, they can help you get out of the hole because they're not in it. Yeah. So that oh, that's perfect. That's totally perfect. And like mm-hmm. you were talking about earlier, the negative things that are happening in your life to somebody who's also sharing the negative things that are happening in their life. It's that same mentality where you're both in the hole together. <laughs> both <laughs> struggling. You're yeah, not you're both struggling. Out. Can't get on. Hey, <laughs> hop on my shoulders, but let me tell you what happened at work. <laughs> That I love that analogy because there's somebody on the outside that's willing to help that can get you out of there. And it's great. Yeah, that's exactly it. I also had that on my list as well. I've talked about before how being social is something that is notably a sign of depression and sadness. And so forcing yourself to reach out to others, to hang out with friends, to go out and do things. That's actually... That has been the one area in my 12-week year that I've been doing really well in, actually. Oh, yeah. How would we not talk about that? Going out every weekend, hanging out with friends. Let's go. I've been, I've really been doing well with that. And it's, I honestly can't say I've had this level of connection with others in that way, probably in two and a half years. Like, it's been a long time, probably since my second year of college, which is wild to think about, but man, is it important to have that outlet and support from others because like life has benefits to it and there's exciting things going on. And to be able to share those experiences with other people is really nice. That is amazing, by the way. And I think that it sparked that in you when we were talking about the 12 week year and how that was one of your goals that you wanted to accomplish. It's just like night and day when it comes to that, because it really was like the past two seasons of just, I don't really go out. I don't really, I don't really I don't talk know. to anyone. So now like every week I'm like, Hey, Ella, how are you doing? Oh, let me tell you what I, went, how I did this. I did that. I'm like, this is totally different from what it was Not just me. a month ago. And I, it's awesome to see. Thank you. Thank you. I've been trying really hard to socialize and push myself in that accord. Did I declutter yet? No, but one step at a time, no. maybe one goal for October, the next goal for November. You there know, you we'll go. See. That's see? it. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to the master here. Okay. I'm sure the other things that you have follow into this vein as well, but talking about how to realize your bad patterns, your flaws, or your bad thoughts that you have. Something that has taken kind of an interest from me lately of having the realization following last week of our strengths talk, thinking about also where you struggle and not hyper-focusing on flaws, but also realizing how those things are what are going to present a problem for you. It's not your strengths that are going to lead you down bad roads. It's where you have the problems that are going to lead you there. It's the stuff at the bottom of the list that we need to take a look at. Unfortunately, I read something and it said, use your flaws as a guide to self-improvement. And like I said, not hyper-focusing on them and being like, oh my gosh, I hate this about myself, but taking those kind of things and there's a path that I have here. Okay. Okay. One, it's identifying the cues or the triggers that cause those behaviors or those thoughts. Probably the hardest step, just because we don't want to admit that we're not perfect. Hey. Um, <laughs> hey. But, and it's also hard to, I feel like a lot of times we have the rose glasses on when we look at ourselves and we don't want to admit when we're doing something. We're not the problem, JR. We're right. never the problem. No. We're the hero of the story. Everyone else is the problem. And it's because of that, it's hard to even think of like, what are my flaws as a person? You should be able to tell a few, I would hope. I would hope but- so. <laughs> okay. 
people are like no i'm perfect i don't know what you're talking about but That's if you don't one. yeah <laughs> if you don't know what they are asking people that you trust what are things that you think i struggle with it's a hard thing to do because to be told where you have issues is not fun at least for me i'm like i don't want to hear that but it's a good step if you want to grow more because it's realizing you know what things you have issues with and to one be aware of what those problems are but two know when those arise for you. And that's where it's going to help you achieve your goals, one, and be happier because you'll realize these are the things that are causing those problems. So what is it that when I don't go to the gym, like what's triggering those emotions of, I don't want to do this. I don't care. It's too late. I'm too tired. What is setting myself up there? What preludes that? And also on the flip side, when I do want to go to the gym, what preludes that? So you can compare those behaviors and know when it's coming and how to prevent those things. Following that line is disrupting the behavior. So when you know what the trigger is, you can also disrupt it and be able to intercept to make sure it doesn't happen, which is why I mentioned cleaning, decluttering, getting rid of the things that don't serve you. Big step there. And then last thing is replacing with a new behavior. This is the step that I think is forgotten about the most because you would think the new behavior is just the habit or the goal. But the example that I found was when you want to eat like cookies or sweets, or you're like thinking about eating things that some people don't want to have that much sugar intake. I'm a little bit wild with it, but it's an example. I'm about to reach (laughs) in my pantry right now. So you have those thoughts intercepting that. So you're disrupting the behavior of giving into that and instead replacing it with the new behavior of eating fruit or chewing gum. So every time now that you think of sweets, your body's conditioned to do the more healthy option there, which is really interesting. I think it's some things are easier to do with that than others for sure. But I thought that was something to look at as I reevaluate the later weeks of my 12 week year and how I'm going to readjust. Wow. I think it kind of reminds me of something that I was doing. I, I think other people do it too, especially when it comes to addiction. Anytime that you think about the addiction that you have or doing the thing, right? I used to have a rubber band on my wrist all the time. And anytime oh, I would think it. about it, I'd snap it on, on my wrist. Probably not, not that healthy. Not healthy, but definitely a, a little thing to remind myself of why you stop doing this. So that way it's a new behavior for sure. Yeah. Is it a good behavior? No, right. but it's a new one. But yeah, I think it's, it's nice to know that you can create that. I wouldn't even necessarily call it a supplement to what it is that you're dealing with or what it is that you're going through, because really what you're trying to do is just replace that bad mm-hmm. habit, that bad behavior, whatever it may be to then set yourself up for not only a better life, but just a better day-to-day presence with yourself. Happier, so, yeah. Goal always. Yeah. I really and like that a lot. Something that was noted there is that habits are hard to break. So the most important thing is persistence. And going back to what I was saying earlier, giving yourself the ability to fall short sometimes, but realizing what's most important is that you keep going because eventually you'll get to a point where you've redid the habit so many times that the new habit will form. It's not going to happen immediately, but of course, as you persist, it'll break eventually. All good stuff, really. And definitely things that can be incorporated in your life today. It's not something that needs not too to rocket science. Yeah. You don't have to really think long and hard for this to end up becoming a thing. Sure. It's going to take time to get to that point. But you can always start today when it comes to that. What else do you got for us? The last one that I have on here is, I guess it goes along the lines of what you were talking about, practice healthy detachment. So the idea of letting go of things that don't serve you with relationships, jobs, even yourself, what is it that you can change? And is that change even possible? So really trying to understand 
the things that don't contribute that positivity into your life that you need to reassess and understand that, hey, maybe someone something needs to change or I need to leave a certain place or even a certain someone, which again, everything that we've been talking about is difficult. It's hard, especially when you want to have that type of conversation. But if it's necessary for you to be in a better place, then sometimes you have to get through that those hard times to set yourself up for that. I think what usually works for me, and I definitely wait a long time before I actually make that jump. I try to take the easy way out and hope it fixes itself. But it's thinking, do I want to do this for like 50 more years? Yeah. (laughs) And that does it for me. I'll be like, no, it's done. Get rid of it. And I think sometimes, I guess it depends on the person and the way they think. But for me, it's the longevity feeling of, do I want to do this? If I was no yeah. it makes me like just make it stop when I'm thinking about it yeah. but having that mindset it can tell you a lot about how you feel about the situation because in the moment you're like yeah what is it for another month yeah. it'll fix itself but what if it doesn't what if it stays the same and that goes back to the questions episode of always taking that time for yourself to assess what's going on around you take some time to understand how you feel about things yeah I agree I think one of the harder ones especially in the past like Two years, three years, I've experienced all of them. Most recently, it was the job and not feeling, I'm feeling satisfied with the work that I'm doing. So I ended up leaving and then things ended up happening and having to go back and realizing that in that moment, for me, I needed a change. I needed Mm -hmm. to get out of there because I wasn't feeling happy anymore. Same thing goes with relationships too. Been in long-term relationships and coming down near the end of it, realizing that I'm either not happy, she's not happy, we're both not happy. Why would we continue to go down this road, introduce kids, marriage, whatever it may be, and still not happy in the relationship? Why would you put yourself through that? So really having that hard conversation of realizing like, hey, I think that we need to end this and it's in our separate ways. It sucks. It's not easy. It's always hard, rarely emotional. I don't know how many days I cried after we had that conversation, but in the end of it, it was necessary. I think a lot of these things too, you don't realize it in the moment. Yeah. In the moment, it's not going to feel good. It's not going to feel like the best thing. But if you think about your happiness long-term, and if that's always the goal for yourself, it's the change that has to be made. And unfortunately, the sacrifice you have to make of your happiness in the moment for that long-term happiness. Yeah. And I think really what it comes down to is making those necessary changes in your life to create that positivity will end up putting you into a better place in your life. Whether you see that now or not, it's okay because you know it in yourself that where you want to go is important. Do what's necessary now to get to the place that you want to be. And that really brings me to the last point that I have for the episode is sometimes you need to start over. And whether that means losing the relationship and starting from scratch, starting over in a new job, starting over in just your goal in general, I think that sometimes we lose ourselves in trying to stay consistent. And when we lose that consistency, we're stuck. And sometimes you just need to start over from the beginning and say, I don't think I can do the gym five days a week anymore. Let me go back down to two or three and then build up from there. And having that allowance for yourself to let you do it and be able to work back up to it is really important in my eyes. And I think that's something that is hard to say because we want progress so bad that the idea of starting over. Right. We want to get to the, we want to get to the end. We don't want to start over again. Yeah, definitely. And I think that you don't lose that progress no matter what you do. You gain something from work experience, from being in a relationship with someone, from going to the gym and then going down in the amount of days you go. No matter which of those, you always take a lesson from 
from it, but you're just restarting from where you are currently. And I think that sometimes can allow for more growth in the end. Yeah. Starting over is a new beginning. I think is what it really said. comes down to. I think that was going to be my quote too. Okay. <laughs> that does bring us to the quote section of the episode though. Do you want me to go first? Let me go first. Even okay. though I dropped that, that line earlier. Mm-hmm. So back to back. Look at this. Okay. Here we go. My quote for today is it always seems impossible until it's done. How's that feel? It feels great, JR, but let me tell you, I feel like I've said that quote before on an episode. <laughs> oh, are you serious? Oh, yeah, yeah I'm not kidding. Oh, Wait, somebody no. fact check it because. <laughs> yeah. Did we finally hit that time where? Mm, oh, I no. think so. No, it's a great quote. It'll always be a great quote. And it's something that have in my phone, actually, I would post around. It's one you would put up on the wall and say, I can accomplish my goals. So I'll give you the benefit of the doubt there. I just... Do I think it's been done? Yes. Probably, if we're being honest. (laughs) My quote, Um, though, has not been done. Watch that I have said this one. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay, okay. Treat yourself as you are, and you will remain as you are. Treat yourself as you could be, and you will become who you should be. From Wolf Waldo Emerson. You don't remember me saying that? (laughs) (laughs) I saw this quote and thought it was fitting for today's episode because... You know, when you're in that rut, if you're allowing yourself to think that's who you are, you're going to just stay there. And it's about realizing the potential for who you could be that will allow you to grow into that. Beautifully said. Who, who said that again? My boy, Ralph Garmin Waldo Franklin. Emerson. Oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think that is probably a perfect way to end this episode because like we've been saying, you have to really identify these things within yourself in order to get out of that rut, to get out of being stuck. It is possible that if you just use these things and really look within that you can do that. Beautifully said. Any last minute thoughts for the episode? I'm definitely going to take a lot of these into consideration. I don't think the feeling of being stuck is ever going to go away. There will be those moments that will come up, but these things are a part of my journey now that I can relate to and understand in order to get myself out of that feeling. What about you? Definitely feeling the same. And I think this kind of episode at this point is really good to allow yourself to have the empathy for yourself and compassion to allow yourself to feel how you feel, but also allow yourself to know that you deserve better and you'll get there as long as you let yourself. And with that, we want to hear from you. Leave us a comment on Instagram or Twitter at the LY Foundation or on Facebook, facebook.com slash the LY Foundation. Let us know what you thought about today's episode and what getting unstuck means to you. Also, please leave us a review of the LYF podcast. Also on Spotify, if you're listening there, rate our podcast. We very much appreciate it. That way we can continue to produce more content and grow the show. Thank you for listening to the conversation as always. And until next time, love yourself, love one another and love this planet we call home. 